Wildcats to Weber State Weekly. I'm your host, a man whose belly and heart were warmed by purple pancakes and a purple W on the mountain last week, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, we have a man who is sad that he will no longer be able to walk his dog right on campus, Dustin Chapman. There's people up there again. It's been the world's greatest dog walking park for the last six months, and now it's gone because there's people up there. <laughs> Ruinous. <laughs> Next, uh, when this man needs a good night's sleep, he goes with his Weber State blanket, AC. Yeah, when Colby needs his heart warmed, he goes to the purple pancakes. When I need my heart warmed, I go to the purple blanket. Ready to talk Weber State. Let's go. And finally, a man who plans to continue his reign as Weber State pickleball champion in the spring at the shiny new pickleball courts in Clearfield, Mr. John King. Thanks for having me, Colby. Yeah, appreciate you. On today's show, we're going to be talking coaching questions. We're going to be talking about the futures for Weber State's Jay Hill and Randy Ray, what to expect this next season and on into the future. Plus, we're going to be playing a game called Lids. We're going to be asking our panel to be putting their AD hats on for this game and asking them a really particular question. So first, we want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and feel free to rate us. Helps us find our way into the feeds of lots of other Wildcat fans and grow the following. You can also follow us on social media, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We're on all those platforms. It's a good place to stay up to date on what's going on with the team, what's happening with Weber State Sports, and also catch up on some of our blog posts. Uh, We'll be having a couple more this week. With that, we want to start talking about coaching questions. Today, we're going to start with Jay Hill. As the panel knows, the Jay Hill era of Weber State football has been pretty much unprecedented. It's been phenomenal on campus. I wanted to ask the panel to start this out, just kind of a general question. How much longer do you think it lasts? Chappie, why don't you start us off with that question? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go with a slightly vague answer, but that's okay. Um, Jay Hill and, and even his wife, Sarah, they have said two things that, throughout the years that are important for Weber State fans to know. First, I've heard repeated times where Jay has said that his goal at Weber State is to win a national championship. And when I hear him say it, there's a glimmer in his eye. It doesn't feel, years ago it maybe felt like hyperbole, but it, 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 he's serious about it. <laughs> you can feel that he's serious about it. Now, does that mean that I think he doesn't ever leave until we actually win a national championship here? No, but I think that it means that he, there's unfinished business here still. Okay. And the second thing that Wildcat fans need to know that I've heard both Jay and his, his wife, Sarah, say is that it's going to take something very special for them to leave Weber State. Uh, they like it here. They like the community. They've said that many times. Um, what that means, what means, what is special, I don't know. Um, I get scared every time I hear an FBS team in the West that ha- has an opening. But um, their answer is that it's going to take something special. Hmm. So I, what I say is that uh, I don't want to put a timeline on it, more of goals. Um, I think they're, they're gonna, their idea, ideal world is that they win a national championship at Weber State and then uh, right off into the sunset with a, a nice fat contract at, a, at an FBS school. Nice. AC, what are your thoughts? How, long, how much longer do you think the Jay Hill era lasts on campus? You know, if I have to think of a number, I think two years. And I think two years because I think this next year is probably going to be the best Weber State team ever. 
I, I really do think that. I think that it's the most talented team we've ever had. I think Jay's got a ton of experience under his belt now. Um, I think things are, are looking up as far as the scheduling and everything goes. I, I just really, really have a fantastic feeling about this year. Next year, I think you might get one more shot. I think that window kind of extends into next year as well. Um, and so for me, when I think of a number, I can I think of two. But that also means that the right opportunity has to present itself, right? Because in the last podcast, I think it was the last one, maybe it was two podcasts ago that Jay did with the school, as Chappie said, he and his wife both said, it's got to be something special. And so I don't think they're leaving for just any ho-hum group of five job. I think it really has to be something that jives with him. So, I mean, this, I think that the soonest I see him leaving is probably two years. Mm. John King, what are your thoughts? How much longer does the Jay Hill era last on campus? Well, if you would have asked me, if you, if you would have asked me three, uh, six months ago, and this question, then I probably would have said that this was going to be the last year of the Jay Hill era, just because over the last couple of off seasons, you know, as Weber State has won more and more games become more and more successful, um, you get you start to get linked with more and more FBS jobs. Um, we're living in a COVID changed world right now. And I think that as a result of that and how budgets are working all across the country in college athletics, I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of turnover um, in and co head coaching positions just in general this year, just because one, um, you know, you have your coaches, uh, you know, at most schools tied down to contracts that are for most schools favorable for the schools. Um, and I just don't think that unless you have like a, like an uprising amongst your boosters, I just don't think that you're going to have a lot of, uh, and, and you have people come in and, that are willing to pay a buyout. I just don't think that you're going to have a lot of changeover um, this year in, uh, in college football. So I think that I agree with AC. I think that now, you know, kind of in the world that we're living in, I think that he'll be at Weber state for at least two more, uh, two more seasons, because I think that, you know, like also building on what Chappie said, I think that it's going to take something special to get him to leave Weber State. And I just don't think that that's going to be available for the next uh, for the next two seasons. Now, it's a great point. I think that you're right. I think that Coach Hill is very picky. He's not willing to take just any situation. So that's probably a good, uh, a solid point to make, John, that, you know, unless a, a great position opens up and it's unlikely to, it's not going anywhere for at least two years, the way AC said. I wanted to ask the panel, if that were to happen, say there was an opening in a school, an FBS school, where do you think Jay Hill might land? What school's culture seems to fit Jay Hill's style best? Chappie, what do you think? Well, let me, let me, let me recite a few stats here. So there's not too many – the reality is not too many FCS coaches jump right into FBS coaching gigs. A lot of the time, Chip Kelly – did not become Oregon's head coach immediately. He, he was an offensive coordinator, right? That's generally speaking, when FCS coaches leave, they tend to, to become coordinators at, uh, at uh, G5 or P5 schools. Okay. Uh, there have been a few instances where, where that doesn't happen. Uh, a couple here in the West, Bobby Houck went from Montana to UNLV. It didn't work out. Uh, Paul Wolf is one of the few examples where the guy went from uh, FCS to P5 football 
it didn't work out. A uh, couple other ones. One that, that is having success is Craig Bull. He went from North Dakota State to, to Wyoming. Um, so it's not a real common thing to become a, an FCS head coach automatically. It seems to be happening more over the past couple of years. Uh, K-State's head coach is, is um, was a PIF, was uh, NDSU's coach. Um, so it's, it happens. But to me, if, if you're asking, like, what, what place is special, I think it's somewhere in-state. Okay. Uh, that mean Utah? Probably not. I think the chances of that are maybe greater now, now with the stuff that's kind of gone on with Morgan Skelly, who was the heir apparent there. Who knows? Maybe Jay Hill comes in and becomes the D coordinator at, uh, at Utah eventually. I don't know. I doubt that happens. Uh, Utah State, does Gary Anderson leave soon? I don't know. I don't know how motivated he is up there. I think that could be a fit. Uh, BYU, I genuinely believe, and some even on the panel will laugh at me, but had Kalani Sataki not been extended last year, I thought I, I genuinely think Jay Hill was at the top of that list of, of people to come in. So uh, to me, when we talk about special, we've all mentioned that. That was the word that, that Jay and Sarah Hill have used. Um, I think special means they, they stay in state. AC, what are your thoughts? If Jay Hill were to leave, and it seems like eventually he will, where do you think he might land based on schools and culture? Honestly, right now, I think that the highest profile job that Jay Hill could land, and I, well, whatever, I think that the highest profile job that Jay Hill could land is probably BYU. I say highest profile because I don't think that BYU is necessarily a good job. I think it's actually probably one of the bottom five worst jobs in FBS football because of, I'm not even trying to throw shade. Like you've got the honor code you've got to deal with recruiting. Uh, the salary is quite a bit lower. They don't, don't even report the salary. Right. So um, it is a high profile job though. And so, I, again, I'm not even trying to throw shade at BYU, but I think that it's a gig that Jay Hill and the family would all enjoy. I think that that's something that he would definitely consider leaving Weber State for. I don't think he gets the Utah job. I think that um, I, I honestly, even with all the scandal stuff, I think Whittingham's probably got another few years in him. Another few things you got to look at, other coaches that have had success from FCS to FBS, Jim Harbaugh went from San Diego to Stanford. And at the time, Stanford was not the Stanford that we have now. Stanford was coming off of like five or six straight losing seasons. Uh, Kleiman went, he went straight to P5, right, in the Big 12. But these are lower end P5 jobs. These aren't the top tier P5 jobs. And so Jay Hill... Really, the range of jobs I think he could get are a higher-end G5 job or a lower-end P5 job. I think the highest-profile job he could possibly get is BYU. Okay, so you think that the best fit is probably Brigham Young in spite of all of those issues? I think it's the best fit for his family. I think that he and his family would enjoy it, yes. Okay. John King, what do you think? What are your thoughts on this? So I tend to agree that I, I think it's probably going to be in-state. Um, I definitely agree with Chappie. I think that if Kalani Sadhaki did not get uh, extended, uh, it, it did not get extended at BYU, I, I feel pretty confident that Jay Hill would be the coach of the Cougars right now. I think that that was something that – I think that that's something, was something that very well could have happened, especially with the momentum that um, – Weber State had at the time of that contract extension and kind of where BYU was trending in a downward uh, in a downward direction until they got bowl eligible in uh, in, in 2018. So 
Um, I, I think that that would, would have been, uh, I think that that would have been a destination that, that, that could be on the table in the future. Uh, one, one destination though, that I think that is, that, that could be the case in the next couple of years. Like I think Utah state is a real, is a real spot for Jay Hill. I mean, when you look at like kind of the administration changes at, 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 U, uh, at Utah state, I mean, you, you see Jerry Bovee, who was the athletic director at Weber state goes and takes the deputy athletic director position at Utah state. I think if there's a regime change and Jerry Bovee becomes the athletic director at Utah state, I think the first call that he's making is going to go to Jay Hill. I, 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 I truly believe that. And if that's the case, I think that that is a, you know, that's a, that, that's a place where, I think you could see uh, Jay Hill go. Um, another place that I would have said, uh, but they just hired a coach last year. I think UNLV could have been an interesting fit um, uh, uh, for Coach Hill. I mean, they, it, I don't think that it's going to happen now because they just uh, hired uh, Kalen DeBoer. Um, but you saw some links to that job for him last, uh, for, for Coach Hill last offseason. And I think that being in the mountain West, like still having those, uh, still having those, um, uh, West coast recruiting ties, and then also being able to recruit to a city like Las Vegas, which is, you know, every 18 year old kid's dream. Um, I think that that could have been a job, uh, a job opportunity, but I don't think that that will be something in the, it, it, it I don't think that'll be something in the near future. So it sounds like potentially a G5 school like the Mountain West is potentially the the next jump, and especially a school like UNLV that hasn't really had a lot of success in the recent past. And and Utah State has a little bit of a pattern too with, I mean, Jerry Bovey's the guy that hired Jay Hill at Weber State. And not only that, but it seems like every time somebody does leave either athletics or social media, anything up at, at Weber state, they're, they're, they're going to Utah state. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Jerry seems to be already tapping into the resources at Weber state to recruit people up to Utah state. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, with that, in the event that, you know, coach Hill does leave, I wanted to ask who, who do you think might be able to fill his shoes? Because I feel like Jay Hill is such a unique coach. And obviously, because of the success that Weber State has had, but who do you think, whether on staff or somebody else out there in the coaching ranks of college football, could replace Coach Hill on campus at Weber State? I got one guy that comes to mind. For me, it's Matt Hammer. And I say Matt Hammer because I think he's got the energy. I think he's young and exciting. I think the players connect with him. And in addition to that, this Jay Hill thing we've got going right now, it's a really good thing, and we need to ride it out. Matt Hammer's been under Jay Hill's. He's on the staff he's been learning from jay hill i say matt hammer interesting I, 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 matt hammer uh, taking over offensive coordinating duties this season um has been the offensive coordinator in the past uh i think there there's definitely an, an obvious you know next step for him being head coach chappie or john king what do you guys think who could be the next head coach at weaver state so i've got two people uh fessy sataki who is the uh, wide receiver coach at BYU. He was Weber State's uh, offensive coordinator a couple years ago when we almost beat JMU and Cantwell was the quarterback. He was the offensive coordinator then, did a really good job. Uh, Jason Beck, who is the currently the QB coach at Virginia under Bronco Mendenhall. Uh, he spent a couple years here at uh, Weber State as well. Um, my, my main pick though, if it's gonna be anybody, it's gonna be uh, John L. Smith. 
that, no, that's that's a joke. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry, bro. My eyebrows shot through the. Roof. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's like he was deadpan when he did that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to be John L. Smith. Uh, why somebody? How somebody could ever do that to their alma mater and literally walk out the door? I'll, I'll never understand. But that bridge is burned. Uh, but yeah, uh, Fessy Satake or Jason Beck are are my picks. Mm. John King, what do you think? Who could be the successor to Jay Hill on campus? So I've got two names. I've got two names as well. Uh, one, uh, Chappie just said, uh, Festus Satake would probably be my number one, uh, number one pick. I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. Um, I think that you saw the when Weber State was at its best offensively over the last couple of years. He was the offensive coordinator. Um, he got the you know. He got the best out of Andrew Voller. He got the best out of Stephen mm. Cantwell. He got the best out of Rashid Shahid. Like he is a really, really high quality offensive coach. He would be my number one choice. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here um, uh, 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 with my second choice, but I do think that uh, that someone who has been under uh, under Coach Hill and he was under Coach Hill for seven years. Um, I think Colton Swan would be also be a really good uh, would be a really good hire for Weaver State. Um, an excellent recruiter, um, uh, a defensive minded uh, minded coach uh, who I know shares a lot of the same defensive philosophies as uh, Coach Hill does, and so. I think that that would be – I think that he would be another – he's the linebackers coach at University of Utah right now, but um, I think that he would be another name that you could toss in that mix as well. That's a good one, I think, you know, like you said, especially if we're looking for a seamless transition from Coach Hill to someone else, Coach Swan, um, not a bad choice there because they think very similarly. Well, fellas, I want to appreciate you for having this conversation about Coach Hill. Obviously, we want Coach Hill to stay in Ogden as long as possible, but we do have to talk about the future. And a coach as talented as, as Jay Hill is, uh, there probably is a next step in his in his career sometime soon. And so, better to come to grips with reality now than later, right? <laughs> Just enjoy the ride as long as it lasts. All right, now we're going to move on to the second part of our coaching questions episode, we're going to talk about Randy Ray. Randy is a fixture at Weber state. It's been the head basketball coach here for a number of years, the winningest basketball coach in big sky history. So I think that there's not necessarily a question tonight about whether or not coach Ray is moving on. That's not going to happen, but we do want to talk a little bit about what we can expect from coach Ray this season. So I wanted to start that out. I'll start off our segment with that question. John King, what, what, do you, what is your take here? What do you think is an acceptable like what what should we expect as wildcat fans from randy ray this season i think that you know the goal should be uh uh it should be to be in the top three or four in the conference this year that way you're in position that way you know provided we have a normal basketball season you're in position when we go to boise to have a favorable run in to try and win the conference championship i mean i know last year was a obviously a disappointing pointed season and I think it's a little bit unrealistic to go from last year's season to saying okay well now we're the conference favorites um but I do think that it uh that it's perfectly reasonable to say that you know especially with all the changes being made I do think it's perfectly reasonable to say that we should be in the mix and so for me that's in the top that that's in the top three or four in the conference that way you know you give yourself the best possible chance for that one week in Boise where you know you try to make some magic happen and get to the big dance Mm. AC, what do you think? What can we expect from Coach Ray this season? 
You know, I, I kind of disagree with John to an extent. I think last year wasn't disappointing. I think last year was just flat out unacceptable. Uh, Weber State basketball is better than what, what we were last year. That's not who this program is. And so one thing that I really do appreciate about Randy is the fact that he was willing to go out and not just settle for the status quo, not just take this same roster into the next season, but he went out and he got guys who were experienced, something that he thought was a fatal flaw this last season. So he went out, he didn't settle, got experienced guys. And I think this next year, I think we should be expecting a top three or four finish. And not just this next year, but I think we should be top three or four every single year because Weber State is that good of a, a basketball program in the big sky. You know, when I first met Sean Lewis, the very first time I met Sean Lewis, he said, guess what? Weber State is the Duke of the big sky. We win a lot. And, you know, that's that's really true. If you look at the record books and so from Randy, I'm I'm happy that he didn't settle. I'm happy that he's done this. And I expect this team not only this year, but for the rest of Randy's career and hopefully beyond to be in the top three or four of the Big Sky Conference. I think you're probably right. I mean, there is always an expectation to win the conference at Weber State University and, you know, see what can happen in the big dance. But Chappie, what are your thoughts? What can we expect from Coach Ray this season? So to, to echo a little bit what everybody else said, we, Weber State is the preeminent program in the Big Sky. The Montana guys are going to disagree with us and that's okay, but they, they don't have the I don't believe the 40 year history that, that Weber state has. Um, there've been three draft picks in the last 20 years in the big sky conference. And two of those came from our school in the last five to 10 years. Right. Uh, my thing with Weber state basketball is, and maybe it's an expectation thing, but I, right now, here's what we have to look at. Here's the facts. Are we a school that goes to the tournament once every five years and wins a game once every 20 years? Okay. Are we that? I don't think historically we are. That's who we are today. Okay. Uh, I perhaps got spoiled in the nineties <laughs> and I know some people got spoiled in the seventies and eighties in this program. Maybe, maybe that's where we should be. Maybe things have changed. Um, but I, I don't think winning a game every 20 years and going once every five years is who we are. Okay. So with that said, um, Colby, you're right. Randy Ray isn't going anywhere. Weber state has never, bought out anybody in the history of <laughs> the program, at least as far as basketball or football, as far as I know. I mean, even when Jerry Graybill um, stepped down as the head football coach, he, he, didn't, he didn't get bought out. He'd get fired. They didn't pay him. He just got reassigned within the athletic department. So, so Randy's not going anywhere. Um, he also has Dame on his side, and that means the world. So we have Randy. Uh, as far as expectations – to me, the expectation as a fan of Weber State University basketball is that we should we go to the NCAA tournament. Okay, uh, to me, that expectation, if I were to define it, is probably we should go two times in five years over a five-year stretch. I think that's who we are. Okay, um, so to me, I don't even know that it's my expectation is not even to be near you know top two, three teams. It's it's to go to the NCAA tournament. Okay, now if we do that this year, then we get a little break next year. I don't know, but. Um, Randy has lots of mulligans. He's used a couple of them up. I think if things don't go well this season, you know, that we are pretty close to the top and, and that we perhaps don't go to the NCAA tournament, we'll say pretty close to the top. I think things get, start to get a little uncomfortable up there. Hmm. Well, uh, I guess in line with some of those, some of those thoughts, fellas, um, like we've talked about coach Ray will be here until he retires. How much longer do you all think he has until 
it's time to hang it up and Weber State's looking for the the next young talent to come in and take over uh, a pretty storied history at Weber State. John King, what do you think? How much longer does Coach Ray have for retirement? So I definitely think he's going to see out uh, uh, the end of his contract. I mean, uh, uh, that goes through the end of the 2024 um, uh, 2024 season. Um, that would put Coach Ray in his mid-60s. Uh, he's 60 year old, years old right now. And as we've seen, you know, around the country in college basketball, um, you know, coaches and coaches, coaches are coaching for longer and longer into their lives. I mean, you know, Mike Krzyzewski's coaching into his 70s. Uh, Jim Beheim at my alma mater is coaching into his 70s. Um, so it's not uncommon for coaches to coach, you know, much, much later in their lives than probably ever, uh, ever before. So I definitely think that uh, um, I definitely think that he'll be here uh, um, throughout the end of his contract, which will be in the, you know, the 2023 2024 season ac what, what are your thoughts here um when when do you think coach ray might retire assuming he's able to restore the program to where it should be in the top three or four of the big sky every single year get into the ncaa tournament every two years to three years however often assuming that's the case i think he's got one more contract after this Regardless, I mean, I think he'll choose the length of it, whether it's one year, two years, three, five years. I think he'll go one more contract after that. But if he doesn't get things turned around, he'll see out the contract. And then I think it's going to be kind of like what Chappie said. I think it's just going to be like, a oh, it was time and he needed to step away, you know. But right now, and especially with athletic departments suffering and stripped for cash as they are, uh, no one's he's he's not getting bought out even if the next three years are just terrible for men's basketball he's not getting bought out because the athletic department does not have the money mm. uh, an absolutely fair point like we talked about previously you know it's a it's a quite a, it's quite a buyout and uh weaver state doesn't do that traditionally and so especially with the economic situation what it is like we talked about with big sky um senior deputy uh john casper that's not likely to happen anytime soon. Chappie, what do you think? How many years until uh, Coach Ray will probably hang it up and retire as uh, the winningest head coach in Weber State history? Yeah, so last time we went to the NCAA tournament was 2015. Uh, we, we need to go again before his next contract's up, at least once. Uh, I'm with AC. If he If things go well and we have a couple good seasons, I think he gets the next contract and maybe signs another two or three year contract and then hangs it up. I, he's not, I don't think they're going to repeat and do another eight year extension. That, I highly doubt that happens um, simply because, you know, age is a factor. Um, but, but yeah, the, I think that's how it goes. I, I, if things don't go well, maybe we see him step away early, but, but I have all the confidence in the world. I, I know some fans out there are, are kind of tired of Randy. Randy's a good coach. He, he's, he's, he's done good things at Weber state. We, we've had good players. Um, I want to see the team win more. <laughs> I want to see them go to the tournament more, but like everybody's mentioned, they're, they're not going to fire Randy before that contract's up. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to ask you all what you thought of, you know, it seems like there's sort of a, there's a Renaissance going on in the state of Utah with good coaches reviving storied programs of the past in the state we're seeing it up in logan right now we're seeing it down at brigham young uh one of the one of the the perils of going and finding a new coach is the grass isn't always greener you may 
maybe coach Ray retires and you think, Oh, this is going to be the next person. And, and like we've seen that, that, that can't always be the case. Sometimes you don't get that. So, I mean, do any of you all get jealous sometimes looking up at USU or down at BYU and say, man, I wish we could win more games or be nationally relevant the way that those programs have. What are your thoughts when you look around the state and see the state of college basketball here? I, I'm definitely uh, jealous of B. What Mark Pope has done at BYU is what it looks like when you make the right hire. <laughs> yeah. that, that he has he has energized that program more more than than I've ever seen. And and here's here's the thing, Colby. You're absolutely right about historical importance of basketball in this state. Uh, I, I've talked to some of you about this before, but 2004 was was the turning point. Utah going to the BCS was the turning point of when basketball started to become less important. Before that. You know, the Jazz in the 90s and the Utes going to the title game. Uh, 2002, three, when the NCAA tournament, we had uh, BYU, Utah, State, Utah State, all in the NCAA tournament. And that year, I believe that was as many teams as the, as the state of North Carolina had in the tournament, right? So mm. this was a very basketball-heavy state, and that started to turn into football and then maybe turn a little bit more to soccer when Real Salt Lake came to town. Um, it is fun to watch these this resurgence happen, and I, I I do hope that continues, and we get that at Weber State too. Yeah, anybody else on the panel? You know, your thoughts? Do you look around the state and go, "Gosh, I wish that we could be more like Utah State or BYU"? What are you, what are your thoughts or feelings when you see programs like that reascend to previous heights? Absolutely, you get jealous. I mean, I don't know how you don't get jealous, right? I would love to not be jealous, but I mean, here we are. I mean, you've got Coach Smith up at Utah State; they're having a renaissance, right? And I mean, they've gotten to the top of the Mountain West before they were getting to the top of the Big West and the WAC. But now they're in the Mountain West, which is a formidable basketball conference. And they're at the top of it. And they just had one of their best players in program history with Sam Merrill. And I want that, you know, I want or or with uh, with Mark Pope at BYU. He's done a fantastic job waking the program up from the slumber that they were feeling at the end of Dave Rose's years. And you look at it, it's hard not to draw or not to see the similarities between Weber state where we're at right now with coach Ray an aging coach. Who's been there for a long time. Who's had a lot of success. And now it's kind of tapering off. And those other programs, I mean, Utah state had Stu Morrill for a long time and BYU had Dave Rose. And so it's hard not to compare the programs. I don't, I, it just, it makes me jealous. It makes me a little bit angry. You know, I want that. I want that for Weber state. And I think that it's fantastic for the school and the entire community when Weber state basketball is rocking long story short. Yes. I'm very jealous. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I, I would, I would say that I agree because I look at, I look at Utah state and Brigham young being ranked and, you know, beating serious teams in their conferences and going on to the tournament and being expected to go not just past the first round, but, you know, maybe sweet 16 and beyond because they have that kind of talent. And I know that we're the kind of school that can get there and we've had that kind of talent in the past. And I just wonder when, when that Renaissance comes to Ogden. Um, I want to close this segment out by asking you all, like we said, there will come a time when coach Ray does retire. Um, So who do you think his replacement might be when that time comes? I've got two names, and both of them strangely have strong connections to uh, to Portland, Oregon. Uh, one is uh, Barrett Peary, who is currently the head coach at Portland State University. Uh, he is a native Utah, played at Payson High and Snow College. Well, very few uh, native Utahns that <laughs> that are D1 head coaches. So if he wants to come back home, kind of do a, a Mark Pope type thing and come back to Utah, 
Weber State's a great place for that. Uh, the other one is Phil Beckner. Uh, Phil was at Weber State when Dame was here. Uh, he was Dame's favorite coach, as I understand it. <laughs> he is now, he, he went on, he left Weber State, went to Boise State, went a couple of places. Uh, he's now Dame's uh, player development trainer is his title. So he's kind of his personal coach. Um, that he's, he's coached here before. That may be a name uh, that, that, that could come back and be coached here one day. Nice. Uh, AC or John, what are your thoughts? Who, who might be a replacement for Coach Ray when the time comes? I've got one name for you, and it's Barrett Peary. I'm going all in on this guy. With From where I sit at the games, I can see the coaches. I can hear the coaches. Barrett Peary is the highest energy, nicest, funnest coach that I saw all season in or out of conference. And plus, before the game, he's going around shaking hands. The man's already at home in Ogden. Like, just let's just make it a permanent thing already. Bring Barrett Peary to Ogden. He's the man. <laughs> Dig it. And John King, what do you think? Potential replacements for Coach Ray when he does finally retire? So I don't really have one. Uh, I don't really have one particular name just because, like, you know, I think it's easier in football to pick out one particular name just because, you know, it's important to have local, you know, recruiting ties and, you know, be tied to the local community is specifically like in football. I think that's a huge deal. You look all over the country and like recruiting your home state is probably the most important thing that you do in the sport of football. Basketball is different because basketball is, you know, pretty much a national recruiting. Uh, uh, it's a national recruiting deal because, you know, you look at the AAU circuits, whether they be Adidas or the EYBL, uh, for Nike or the Under Armour circuit, like you basically have the same group of players, you know, traveling city to city. So you, you just kind of follow the players. It's not like you're going to watch AAU tournaments in, you know, Salt Lake City. You know, you're going to, you know, Dallas one weekend or you're going to Kansas City or you're going to Oakland or wherever. And, you know, if you look at a lot of Weber State's, you know, best players um, uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, you know, obviously Joel Ballenboy is from outside the country. He was born in Ukraine. Um, you've got Jeremy Singlin, who is from uh, uh, who is from Kansas City. Damian Lillard, obviously from uh, Oakland. Um, uh, Jarek Harding's from Wichita, Kansas. So it's not like, you know, you have to recruit the state of Utah to get good basketball players. That's just not how that game works. And so for that reason, I mean, you know, I think that Weber State, if they chose to go in that direction, I mean, I think it, you would get a true nationwide search, which would be something different. You know, I don't think that, that would happen if you opened up the football job tomorrow. I don't think that you would get a true nationwide search. I think that you would have someone with ties to the Weber State program. Um, however, you know, but I think if the basketball job open, you know, were to open tomorrow, I mean, you're going to see a lot of people from a lot of places all around the country that would be very interested in taking that taking that job some good points to close us out there john king basketball definitely weber state known for its hoops reputation around the country maybe a little bit more so than football so it could be a, a big nationwide search should uh, coach ray retire soon well, i want to thank you guys for that and we're going to move on to our final segment today we're going to play a little game called lids so I'm going to ask the panel to be AD for a day. And the question for you all is this. If you could pick up a phone and schedule any team in the country, this could be for football or basketball, men's or women's hoops, you're going to schedule any team in the country and they're going to come to Ogden. Who are you calling and who are you going to bring? John King, I want to start with you. What do you think? 
So I'm going to be honest. My entire pitch for this question was going to be to go somewhere else, uh, uh, was going to be to go somewhere else to play. Um, but my, so, so if it's okay with you, I, I, I do want to pitch, I do want to pitch that just because I think that that would be the most realistic. Um, but I, I, my choice would be UCLA right now. Uh, and I would want to play them in football for a couple of reasons. One, um, I think we could beat them. Like, I, I, I honestly think that we could go to the Rose Bowl, which would be an awesome venue for Weber State to play in. Obviously, a lot of history, obviously, a lot of history uh, in that building, um, be it Super Bowls, be it obviously the Rose Bowl game every year. Um, a lot of great players have played there. I think that'd be a cool environment for the uh, for our student athletes to play in. But the number one reason is that I, I think of the Power Five West, you know, teams on the West Coast. I think that's a very winnable game right now. Now I think that they're not in a uh, in a great place. That Chip Kelly really hasn't been able to get the program turned around. I believe they only won two games last year, and so I I think that that'd be a great feather in the cap of you know Weber State to be able to go to UCLA and win a game in the Rose Bowl. Interesting, and you know, just a, a small note right there. Um, one of the not sure exactly what his title is, but there's a fellow who is fairly high up in UCLA athletics who was on campus this last weekend and it has a Weber State connection. Uh, is, is, uh, I believe Weber State is his alma mater. So, um, yes, AC, I, what do you- I, I, can't, I can't remember his name. I, I can't remember his name, but yes, he, yeah. is, he was uh, went from Weber State to Wyoming and is now like this. He's the, the main fundraising guy at uh, UCLA. Yeah. And, and uh, AC- my, UCLA won four games last year. I wanted to correct myself real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, still, for a Power 5 school, winning only four games is not good enough. Uh, AC, what do you think? You can pick up the phone. You're the AD. You're going to schedule a game. Who's it going to be? You know, I had a team in mind, but I think John King just convinced me. <laughs> UCLA sounds awesome. Plus, how fun would it be to go down there and see Weber State in the Rose Bowl? That'd be fantastic. But I'm not going to cop out. I'm not going to ride with, with John King. I'll go with the school that I had in mind, which is on the Smurf Turf in Boise. Boise. Ooh. Boise State. I had to say Boise just to irritate some of my uh, my friends on the show here. But um, <laughs> I say I say Boise State because uh, it's it's a regional school, right? They're pretty close. It'd be easy to travel there. It's still a big payday for Weber State. Plus, I like the fact that they are not P five because we. I mean, they're just one step up, right? Last year, we played two Mountain West Conference teams. One was a 10-win team. The other was a 7-win team. And Weber State was within one score in both of those games. And so I think if you go just a little bit higher from San Diego State up to Boise State, I think it'd be interesting to see how Weber State does. I think the logistics of it makes sense. And so I would be calling our friends up in Boise, Idaho, and seeing if we could get us a football game. You know, I got to admit, I like the way that sounds. My wife and I, we take our family up to Boise every single summer. And uh, I've driven past Albertson Stadium up there many, many times, but never been inside. So it would be nice to see the purple and white playing Boise on the Smurf turf. Love it. Chappie, we're going to close it out with you. Who You're picking up the phone. Who do you call? I'm going to go with this from a different angle. Uh, well, the, the first game that Jay Hill ever coached at Weaver State as a head coach was against North Dakota State. And he has cited that game as a something he wanted to do, uh, to see what it was like to be the best, right? To, to, to be the best, you got to play the best. And obviously at the time we were not. It would be so much fun to play them again 
to see how close we are. <laughs> Hopefully that happens in Frisco, Texas, and we're doing it for, for national title. But if it wasn't for that, I, I would love to see them here in Ogden again. Um, it would be a blast. As far as other teams take a slightly different direction. As a young man, young chappy in his 20s, uh, when he was shooting for the stars, he wanted Weber State to, uh, to, to attempt to move up to, the at the time, the WAC, right? I would have loved to have seen Weber State in my 20s move up a level and become a, an FBS school. That didn't happen. I realize now that is not the best thing for Weber State. They are perfectly fine where they are. Uh, but part of me still wants to see that now. I don't necessarily want them to... To, to play that, I, I wanted them to play the last teams that moved up. So teams like teams like teams like Liberty, Old Dominion, Charlotte, Coastal Carolina, maybe even like App State. I, I would love to play some of the teams that just recently went from FCS to FBS to see if uh, Weber could make the cut and, and win some of those games. And I'm going to take it one more. If we have basketball, if we were talking basketball, I would love for them to play Mississippi State. Reason being, Head coach there is former Wildcat Ben Howland, who also used to coach at uh, UCLA. Uh, I would love to play him again. Um, secretly, I kind of wish that Ben would kind of pull around McBride and come back to Weber State as he's heading into retirement. But I don't know that that's ever going to happen because I don't know that we could afford him. Well, it's a good point. It's tough to it's tough to come down and cover that salary. But appreciate all your takes. I uh, think this has been a good one and given me a lot to think about. I'm now excited to see the Wildcats play in the Rose Bowl. I wanted to see them go down to UCLA and go up to Boise. So you guys, lots to think about tonight. Uh, we're going to wrap up with the upcoming events. Obviously, there are none, so we're going to move right past that and tell you a little bit about how to get a hold of us. So if you're interested, uh, have an idea for a segment or some comments, please feel free to email us at WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. It's the best way to reach us. Or if you're a fan of Facebook Messenger, you can go ahead and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Weber State Weekly. Uh, Twitter or Instagram are your thing. We're there as well. Weber State Weekly at Weber State Weekly. And finally, we have a, a great blog where we're going to be highlighting a couple more members of our team this week. And you can find us there at weberstateweekly.com. Um, thank you all for being willing to listen to this podcast. Here are awful takes sometimes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take ownership of that. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you all for being just willing to download the show and support us in such a great way. So with that, until next week, I'm going to say it, Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 <laughs> Go Wildcats. Oh!